producer. No, Mace, we like having you here. <laughs> we need you. That's how I feel as an editor, editor for audio specifically is like we have Descript for, you know, audio podcasts. I think they might do video as well. But like I tried Descript to like try and shorten my own workflow. Right now it's shit. It's still shit. So I think I have some time left where I can continue to make money from what I do. <laughs> <laughs> what There's going to be a point where I'm not needed. Anymore. What does Descript do? It it can identify filler words and crutch words and like silences and just, take like, them out. Scoots. But the edit itself, the cut is so janky. Like the cut is so abrupt. Mm. So when I was kind of demoing it to see if it could just like shorten my own workflow as like a service provider. For sure. I just ended up having to correct a lot of its mistakes. Because it just didn't sound professional. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would never just like send it off as it was. Cause you can just like hear the cut in the audio and over the past three years that I've been like editing, I've like, I've got it down to an art now. Just you like get it to, to conceal like, the edits. Like here's the word you don't want. Uh huh. Bring I can surgically. the, and, you just, <laughs> and it's like perfect timing. You're like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm very good at what I do. <laughs> Hell yeah. No. Yeah. It's like, they taught us that in school. And then once I knew that, I was like, I know how to like, the amount of stuff I could cut out before the video, just entire like things that we don't need, like likes. I mm -hmm. used to sometimes if I really didn't like the way that I was talking, I'd take out like all the likes and that was way too much. That's why it's hard to edit yourself, probably. Exactly, because <laughs> you, you get more annoyed by your you, own. You like approaches. hate your own. You're just like, oh my god, what was I saying? Oh. <laughs> And then, so yeah, no, like I don't even do that anymore, but you can't do that with video. Yeah, it would you can't just be hide like, it. G -g 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 like every... No, you'd just be like a YouTube vlogger. Yeah, and if you do clips for Instagram or whatever, like you know that there's going to be hard cuts in that. So it doesn't really matter. But for a whole podcast, that would be so much time and effort and i think that's why i would get annoyed editing videos because now i've become such a perfectionist in the way that i edit people speaking like the goal is to make them sound more confident and cutting all of like the fat makes people sound more confident ultimately right. but from a video you just like can't you can't hide it it's really hard <laughs> unless to you're hide. just like cutting back and forth between two speakers for no reason sorry yeah if you have both angles you can do some trickery yeah you can be yeah. like oh they never said that you didn't see them say that exactly yeah but then there's some people who just can't talk you know yeah basically <laughs> rule number one is just try to talk better yeah more well i don't even know if that's how you say it more no. better more better <laughs> talk more better <laughs> what does i quote from dumbledore so words in my not so humble opinion are our most inexhaustible source of magic or something like that interesting love just the reference poetry. mace pull love, it up no i'm just kidding don't act you don't have to pull it up i love syntax. i'm gonna pull it up because i definitely butchered the quote but no you're good um thank you for coming by we appreciate you thank you i appreciate y'all hell it's yeah a fun place to be mace are we recording yes okay cool <laughs> um always gotta check that <laughs> that's important it's rule number one yeah, the other day when I did too soft, I didn't even tell him this, but he'll see this. I was like halfway through, I was like, did I push record on the video? And I had like a mental freak out in my head. <laughs> I was just like, mm, I 
Wait, please. And I did. I did. I also. I'm sorry, Finn. Host some people's like remote recordings on Riverside, and so that's like my number one job is just to make sure that mm. record has been pressed. And then I've thought about using Riverside. There's so many different like platforms to use for podcasts to host yes. them on yeah. and and record them through mm -hmm. like zoom mm -mm. <laughs> it's not yeah like one time i did a zoom interview and it was like we didn't record this part and i was like oh what <laughs> yeah i was like what <laughs> happened let me know and i've heard that like latency with riverside is maybe better it is it is um it's not as dependent on everybody's like shitty wi-fi connection mm. it has like a pretty advanced cloud from what i understand like it like it's like oh okay this guy's internet sucks like yeah. <laughs> let's all get staggered to this guy or like the way it records or something yeah I'm, I'm not super familiar with it yet i only just started like offering this service yeah um, but i mean you have a good pro on being able to bring people like into the studio itself and the in-person chemistry you can't really repl replicate that with any software oh yeah being so. in the stew that's what it's all the about stew. yeah like <laughs> no latency so anyway all right let's let's get into it um i always start out the show with the same question and that is what was your first concert what was my first concert oh man so i went to college um in Davidson, North Carolina. So I went to Davidson College, grew up in Chicago here. Um, aside from that being a little bit of like a culture shock because it was the farthest south I'd ever been, um, there was like no music there. And I didn't study music in school. It was something that I kind of became like inspired and pulled to from a lot of the music that I was listening to at the time. So my first ever concert was me playing a beat show at one of our like student student run like weekly they, we called it live thursday mm -hmm. and it was mostly a space for like acapella groups and singer songwriter type of shows and then i come in with this like electronic hip-hop with like the kick that's you know pumping really hard oh, yeah and i like leased some visuals in the background and i just knew that no one had seen anything like it from this school and it was it was a nice feeling i was definitely very green at the time i didn't know how to mix but it was so fun and i felt like it was stepping into like this new kind of identity and it was it was fun to have brought something very new to that particular school um because i hope that it ended up inspiring other people yeah, yeah. i was like 20. Hell yeah. i've had better and worse gigs since then <laughs> hell yeah so i feel like i might have misguided you slightly I was, so that was your first gig, right? Ah, okay. I was, I, sh I should say this, because we <laughs> have, this has happened before. What was the first concert you went to? The first concert I went to was a show by Of Montreal. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, very strange, otherworldly experience. Such a weird band. Very weird, very yeah. weird. And it was here in Chicago at Talia Hall. And I think I was 17. Like I had not really been exposed to very much before then. And I didn't have money for concerts. I get it. So it was very strange. People were like dressed up in these alien costumes and they were like submerged in these like plastic bubbles really? <laughs> on stage. Dude, what? Is yeah. Montreal still making 
music no i don't know it was something that it was like my partner at the time took us to that show so i had known of one album that was really good and i haven't really caught up with them since it was that was like one of the first bands that like one of my friends showed me like he knew way more music than i did at the time and he showed me like animal collective and like of montreal and i don't love of montreal like now i feel like i'm like yeah that maybe that was never my style but back in the day (laughs) i was like this is weird it's very weird back then i was not like a drug user but i've had some like very trippy experiences with specific of montreal songs like Mm -hmm like deep into <laughs> it deep feels into like an some acid experiences trip. yeah <laughs> the guy's voice is like so whimsical and weird. uh-huh and it's really not like the music that i listen to now yeah or have ever listened to <laughs> yeah so let's talk about like how you got into because you're like a dope bass player and Thank i know you. you also play keys mm-hmm. and I was actually surprised to hear that you didn't go to school for music. Like, I totally thought that you'd be like, yeah, like I went and did this as like my career. But no, you just like picked up bass. Like, when did that happen? I mean, I picked up bass in 2020. So it was like, I think I got a bass for Christmas in 2019. And then the pandemic hit. I came back home because that was actually the semester that I graduated school. So I had to like move back into my parents' house and then it was just me and the sister I shared a room with. And that's when I really like started teaching myself bass and it was kind of more of a coping mechanism. (laughs) So it was like a a COVID thing. Yes, it was very much a COVID thing. I tried to learn guitar during COVID, got scales and like, you know, started getting okay. I got the calluses and I was like, all right. And I haven't played for a long time. I still just love the sound of it. Mm-hmm. It's sick. Um, but I'm always like, oh, man, I wish I was better. And honestly, I kind of wish I picked up the bass. You know, bass, you would think that the the skills translate a little bit better between the two. Maybe it might be easier as a guitar player to then pick up the bass. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you have all of the intervals that are the same and like the strings are the same except for the the octave that they're in but i really wish that i could transfer my skills to guitar because it's like as a bass player i i had to get a hang of like the amount of pressure that you have to put yeah to like get the correct intonation and i feel like i just train myself to be like really like just like just like pull (laughs) really hard so i have like the wrist strength and the joint strength and that does not translate to guitar guitar is so much more like delicate and subtle and i feel like i have no subtlety in my fingers now (laughs) for sure it is really delicate i was just amazed from like starting out with electronic music and like the first thing i learned was like uh you know like synthesizers like i was like i want to learn synthesis and just to pick up the guitar and have that amplified it's just insane how i was just amazed by every single time you touch it it makes a different sound you're like what and you just don't get that. And of course, like other musicians would be like, yeah, duh. But I just remember the feeling that I have. I was like, wow, this is so organic. Yeah, and yeah. The amount of like practice and 
yeah just like skill that you have to have to shape the tone itself Mm -hmm. as opposed to something that has it done for you obviously you can like shape other things to create like the quality of the sound that you're looking for on a synth Mm -hmm. but yeah i i love bass (laughs) bass is like yeah it's It's, really seen me through some shit what kind of bass do you have because i was like thinking about getting like a cheap like ibanez maybe like a fender or something like 300 dollars range mine is in the 300 dollars range like i the yeah. f- the one that i started off with probably was like 75 dollars and it was like you know maybe i go 75 <laughs> like maybe i'm looking too i mean anything that you then upgrade to after the 75 dollars range is going to be like so much easier to play like if mm. you train yourself on something that's really shitty like you're going to develop so much more strength because it's going to take so much more strength to create a tone that sounds smooth and not sounding like ass mm. um i think mine is the yamaha tbrx 30 something for sure yeah but i would love like a like a big old p bass or j bass one day that's when I have money. <laughs> That's the goal. Is it a four or a five string? Oh, it's a four string. Gotcha. Yeah. That was another thing. I was like, I don't know, that like fifth string, it's that deeper note. But then I'm like, I could just get like a sub bass, like a sub bass yeah, in like oscillator. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like hide that underneath. If your goal is to learn bass to like enhance the quality of your production, you don't need that much you don't need to like spend a lot of money if your goal is to get a bass because you want to learn so that you can like perform and be part of a band no that's not me yeah i'm never gonna do that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't have it you ever feel like some days and i'm sure that you're just like way more on like your timing is just real good and then Mm -hmm. other days you're just like i my fingers don't work or like i just can't hit the beat i don't know like i think about drummers they're so insane i don't understand how they do that yeah and some people are like machines like where they're really on time or they're loose or whatever but either way you have to you know hit the right beats and i just couldn't it just takes a lot of practice i'm sure you just it gotta does really take a lot of it. practice and like unsurprisingly my better days are when i've been practicing and <laughs> the off days are like i've haven't touched this in like a couple weeks or whatever mm-hmm it usually tends to fall in that pattern yeah unfortunately (laughs) so i mean i'm just curious because like when i listen to your music i'm like oh music theory like i hear it like i you like yeah that's how it feels (laughs) i'm like you know i was actually thinking because i was listening to your music today i was like damn this is like music that i would like to make that's so flattering wow thank you yeah, because, like, I really want to make just, like, some chill, like, hip-hop beats to walk around to. But I'm always, like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I just, like, heard your sounds, and I was, like, th- like even just some of the synthesizers you use, I'm, like, yeah. Like, some of the bell tones, I was, like, yes, that's exactly what I love. So, I do like some bell tones. It. What There's about it? There's one bell tone. that It's, like, that high, like, glockenspiel type sound. Yeah. That's in a lot of your tracks. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Those are good. Yeah, it came from uh, somebody's sample pack years ago. It was one of the first things that I purchased, and it's kind of like been a constant. Mm. That's a motion sound. Oh, well, it's not technically my sound, because I did take <laughs> it from somebody's sample pack. But <laughs> but I mean, you've it's become. 
your sound. It's part of your palette. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to gravitate towards my favorites. Just curious, like, what about, from what you heard today, seems like you say this is the music that you want to make. W- what about it? Yeah, I mean, there's, like, specific things. So, I don't know. There's this uh, Carmack song. I think it's called, mm-hmm. like, Chow Fun with Lauren Hill. Like, he puts, like, Lauren Hill on top of it. I think it's off uh the dime bag ep pretty sure and there's there's one song that i don't remember which one it was of yours and i was like yeah that's like so similar and it's like these kind of like dissonant chords like your your chords are very like jazzy like neo soul which i like and then even some of your synthesizers like they're kind of like triangle wavy or like whatever they're kind of just these like glidey things but then they have some noise in them too and i'm like okay like i don't remember which specific song but i just remember hearing i was like that's exactly what i do like i'll show you some tracks maybe there's like a little similarness but yeah i I think that would that would definitely help that would help yeah 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 (laughs) for sure but I just like your bass lines are dope too. We should listen to a track, and honestly, now that we're like we talking about yeah, them so much, um, what should we start with? Oh, let's start with um, what is it called? The one that I texted you about today? Pedestrian strut. <laughs> yeah, that one's fire. It's got this like, um, before we play it, Maze. Uh, it's got this like, Hey Arnold streets of rage oh. you ever play or heard the soundtrack from streets of rage it's like a arcade video game but the the no, soundtrack you had me at hey arnold but <laughs> okay yeah but it's it's also kind of hey arnold um but anything you want to say about this song also beat queens yeah yeah this that's what that track was for mm-hmm. um god was this one or two years ago now can't even remember um yeah, that was just like a really good group of um, women and femmes and non-binary folks from literally all over the world. And we came together and we created the soundtrack a couple years ago. Um, so this beat was for that. I think I was in college when I made this beat. So it's kind of old, actually. And it had been sitting on my hard drive for a minute. Um, and this was just like a good opportunity to resuscitate. <laughs> yeah, let's let's run this one. And if you want to hear the music in this episode and what we have to say about it, Join the Podducer Discord through the link below. It's got that swing. Like, I, I am gonna make kind of something like you made, but now I gotta make it different because you literally stole it from my brain somehow. I hate it when people do that. I have <laughs> yeah. this feeling all the time. Where you hear something and you're like, damn it, I was gonna do that. Like, I know that that came from me, but I just didn't get there first. <laughs> mm. Fun fact, this song um when i first made it i had it in my hard drive titled 70s porn star (laughs) Mm, i could also see that (laughs) for sure that like it's got that those smooth keys yeah it's almost like cliche (laughs) yeah no but i love it i was walking around today like just vibing it was perfect it was literally perfect that's what it asks you to do exactly exactly (laughs) you know i I was so excited to like get on mic that I actually forgot to ask you to just introduce yourself. Could you just do that and I'll just put it in? Put it in? Yeah. All right. Yeah. My name's Motion, M-O-S-H-U-N. I am a producer, DJ, bass player, 
kind of keys player but out of practice recently um born and raised in chicago i play in chicago often but i've also played in some other cities what else (laughs) (laughs) i think that's good (laughs) welcome so many things to talk about um i guess you know just to just finish up the origin story a little bit when did you like what was your first time starting to make music like did you start with like a beat pad because i know that's something you do a lot too like a lot of your stuff is live yeah yeah i used to make videos a little bit more consistently than i do now and that was when i was getting pretty good at finger drumming but back in the beginning like i said before there was a lot of music that i was just becoming exposed to when i was in college there was nobody around me who really did this (laughs) like there was nobody that i grew up with or who was in school with me that was producing and so i didn't really register it as something that i could do until i started listening to some key players um but my first experience making beats um was was in like the one class that my school offered i guess and it was more for people who wanted to like mix acoustic music but i took that up as an opportunity to make some lo-fi and it was really shitty at the time but we started with logic i started with logic and i made a couple shitty beats using logic i ended up going on this program at uh berkeley college of music but not the one in the states actually so we were in valencia spain for one summer and that's where i picked up ableton I, i had like a really great instructor who just made it so much fun in showing us all of the ways that Ableton is like truly a superior software and how quickly that he just like pumped (laughs) out the loops and stuff. Like I had never felt so energized by something. And I feel like at that point, like my skill set grew pretty substantially in like three months or so. And by that time I was already starting to like put out some music and make some beat videos online, um, which actually got me like a lot of traction right at the beginning. I was going to say like, when I was talking to Too Soft, he was like, dude, motion's the OG. <laughs> I was like, what? And then he was talking about how like you started making videos and that they really took off. Like, yeah. what was that like back in that time? Yeah, it was very unexpected. Um, to be fair, I'm pretty sure that the Instagram algorithm was pretty different back then. So mm. for some reason, like it wanted to push out some of the like shittily filmed videos that I was making um of some beginner beats that were pretty good for what i knew at the time so i would make some videos of me finger drumming or adding another element on top of it um and i started posting those i think in 2019 or so and i think in the span of like the first two or three months again that i was like starting to make music um i gained like maybe seven eight thousand followers within the span of a couple weeks like it was so quick and it has very much leveled out since then but it was also like a catalyst for me meeting a lot of people both online and in person so once i was then you know back in chicago on breaks from school i would start to like dip my toes into like the scene that was happening here and it was a really slow process of finding out like where is this stuff happening who can i talk to and it was pretty early on actually that i met too soft and he was mm. underage in a bar <laughs> that we were playing beats in <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he was talking about how like some he was shouting out some people 
and being like yeah these are the people that like snuck me into the bar yeah <laughs> and i was <laughs> underage but yeah i mean that's so it's crazy to me because a lot of people will just put beats out into the ether never get like very much you know interaction with them but i feel like to get so much positive feedback that i mean maybe there was negative feedback maybe there's like but for so many people to follow you that you're like oh shit like i can do this you know like did that i mean obviously it affected your tra trajectory like i mean yes and no there's so much randomness that comes into play with social media and like i said like i do think that the algorithm was a little bit different back then like i don't think that the exposure rates that i was getting back then could be built organically mm. the way that people are trying to do it now like i i never paid for any ads or anything um i was just making videos and i think an important part was that i was showing my face a lot of people share clips but they don't like to show their face because they're shy and it's understandable but a good way for people to connect with your music is to pair it to a face or a voice and uh, yeah just create that association so that was something that i i knew i had to like get past was my fear of like being visible online and that's something that has really paid off yeah. and i mean like just seeing a number online it really doesn't mean anything aside from the fact that i guess in some cases it does give you legitimacy like it's definitely gotten me booked in some gigs that i'm not sure they would have given me a second thought if i didn't have content up you know i saw this thing the other day where this guy was giving advice to djs and it was very like he was just being douchey about it but he's like you know like make sure to have like rich parents who can pay for your whole career but one of the things he said <laughs> <laughs> was okay. that uh you know like just he was joking but he was like you know just pay for followers because promoters don't even care to look at if they're real or not and i was like i mean that is true mm. like i mean maybe there's a level of engagement that any normal person would be like that doesn't even make any sense like you just post this video it's got like 10 views okay that doesn't make sense but you could just get a certain amount of followers it doesn't even have to be that many to be legit and then because we judge a book by its cover it's like oh yeah she's legit or like he's legit or whatever perhaps I'm not telling people to do this, by the way. I'm don't just saying. Do that. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> do that. Don't do that. Because anybody who wants to look longer than a second on your profile will see that the engagement rates don't match up with the following. So, yeah. And that really like disqualifies you. So it's a it's too big of a risk, I would say. And I don't know, like maybe it's a little bit hypocritical to be like numbers don't matter when people are always like, oh, you have ten thousand followers. I'm like, yeah, but I think people want to see good content and they want to see good music so i think it's more important that if you're using like instagram for example as like your primary marketing tool that you have yourself on your feed and you have your music on your feed and if anybody wants to view it no matter how many followers you have if the content is good that's what's going to get you through the door yeah so i i'd like to believe that maybe i have both but <laughs> well yeah i think like you were probably putting out cool stuff people are like oh this is cool like i dig these beats especially if you're like 
playing you know you're not just like yo check out my beat i put them push space bar yeah something. yeah and that's why there's there's a lot of value in like actually making those performance videos like there's so many like internet producers who have gotten very viral just from posting those performance videos on a consistent basis and now they have like really top tier placements and they're bigger names like you know Kaylin Ellis and the Count, for example. Like they oh, yeah. they were like so consistent on every platform. It was like Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, repurposing those performance videos, and like both of them are like so much bigger now than they were when I found them, and it's it's a really nice thing to witness. Yeah, I'm more familiar with the Count, and it's just like dudes insane. Absolutely insane. <laughs> dudes insane. Have you thought about playing? in a band or like playing with other people because, oh yeah because the thing i don't know like i feel like i don't know what the actual numbers are on this like ratio wise but like how many producers just produce in their room and will never play out and pl like play a real instrument out versus those who like actually would play be able to play in a band and read music and like whatever or maybe not even read music but just know how to play their songs that they can play them out yeah What's the question? The question <laughs> is like, basically, yeah, like, I don't know what that ratio is. First of all, I'll just clarify that. But the question was like, would you want to seek playing in a band? I would. I have played in a band before. I mean, I actually, I mean, I grew up playing keys. That was like my primary instrument. So I've played in jazz combos. I've played, I mean, I first started in high school, I think, like playing in jazz combos through college. And now with the bass, like I've played gigs um, and I've jammed with people with the bass. It would be really nice if I could incorporate all of those elements into like a really seamless live performance, I feel like. Um, but also just to like make it clear, nobody's any like more or less legitimate, whether you play an instrument or not as a producer, like there are some cats who are doing like really really crazy things and they've never picked up an instrument in their life and i know that they're like so much better than i am <laughs> i mean there's certain things i don't even know how you would do live yeah I, like how are you gonna do your like 808 bends live although with the new push with like the mpe thing like gliding i don't know i've heard it's pretty cool I'm sure there are a lot of ways. I mean, like, it just depends on how much gear you're willing to lug out to your shows. I think that's honestly been, like, a big, uh, like, obstacle for me because I don't have a car. So when I go to gigs, I'm usually constrained by what I can carry on my back. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I haven't, like, combined as many elements into my live sets. Like, and also this year, like, I have been um, making more space for DJing, actually, than producing. So mm. this is, Yeah doing the dj thing i i understand the life mace any uh questions percolating over there in that uh handsome brain of i'm yours? just soaking <laughs> this all in you know um <laughs> i was just curious I, I think it's really cool to be able to incorporate you know instrumentation in your productions i think that it um kind of shines through when you don't really have like we'll say your programming stuff in kind of how you were saying like finger drumming is just a lot more natural for you um and I hope you at least get the chance to explore um, doing like a, a real live setup because um, I've started to go kind of down this Dawless, um, we'll say down this Dawless road of just kind of buying gear and, and messing around mm -hmm. with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and whatever you can do 
to take away programming from a live setup where you're not like, okay, I need, you know, I have a launch pad and you put all your clips in, you know, one, two, three through eight, all the way down, whatever you can do to incorporate just a little bit of, you know, spontaneity is fun. And yeah, that's. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have been using the APC 40 Mark II. There you go. um, for, For beat sets. And again, since I said like I'm, transitioning more into like a DJing role and I kind of want to use the DJ equipment to also then play beat shows Mm -hmm. because I've just been like so much more interested in like the transitions and the mixes for sure um but yeah I don't know what that would look like yet for me Mm. because I have all these like kind of disparate skills and it it would just like yeah it would take a lot of planning Mm -hmm. (laughs) some of the new DJ mixers have more pads on them too for like if you want to get a little technical with it yeah i think the one that i use has like a couple of banks of pads Mm -hmm. um and it has like all of the like onboard effects Mm -hmm. that are pretty basic but yeah it would be nice if i was doing more kind of like live looping and adding elements in live um the way that like kink does oh you, know? you brought up kink uh-huh. <laughs> i'm not even that's the rabbit hole i've been going down because he's got his um i just looked it up i forgot what the name of it it was but like the wii remote almost where he's able to hold down a button and play different drums by like oh, playing what? it. oh my god so i'll send you guys the set please uh maybe we'll post it in the description or something but he he starts you know plays something off ableton walks into the crowd with a wireless keyboard and plays a couple things and loops it walks back i think another instrument runs out in front of the crowd and starts playing like it's yeah it's something special that's insane i just watched zoe 102 i don't know if anyone should watch it but uh (laughs) there's this girl in it that's like i'm a producer and her name's melody or something like that and she's you know like the gloves that like emojin heap or i think that she used them but like where you can like control almost like a what is it called though that weird instrument the therm yeah what is it called? The theremin? Theremin. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but just like you just have these gloves and you can, it's like a MIDI controller and you can like change stuff. I was like, so that's magic. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So basically magic. Yeah. Well, the the first one I saw of that was um, Robert DeLong. If you guys are familiar with him, he was, he had a couple songs on the radio, maybe in like 2015 or something. I saw him at Man Beyond the Beach and he came out with a full drum set, um, a whole big like computer table with a whole bunch of different synthesizers and stuff he had a wii remote he had a joystick he had uh some crazy mouth controller or something that he was like manipulating sounds with his mouth while he was like playing whoa it's there's some weird stuff out there that you can just kind of like i don't know how i would use it but like (laughs) if you buy it and mess around with it you might like come up (sighs) with something like i don't know yeah, no. The closest thing I would actually like invest in to that is like a talk box. Mm. I've always mm-hmm. thought that those things are sweet, but I don't know. I'm not trying to be like Peter Frampton. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of gigs, uh, I saw that you played North Coast, the Chill Dome. Is that what I it's did, called? Yes. How was that? That was probably the best gig that I've was, ever had. You think? Yeah, and it was about one year ago, actually just because of the quality of like the visuals like i'd never been in such a space that 
valued the visual part of it so mm. well and the the so- sound system was incredible like it was literally just like a dome the size of like a football field mm-hmm. <laughs> just completely circular over the top and just these lasers that were projecting all kinds of like shapes and movements and colors and like it also responded to what i was playing so i was oh. in like a smaller dome in the middle of all of this that's very cool and i could just like look out and see kind of like you're tripping and looking into the night sky type of stuff and like that was a good opportunity for me to play a lot of the music that i wouldn't normally play live because i have stylistically like some corners that i feel comfortable in and usually when i play live in like a bar or something my goal is to get people up and to be a little bit more of an energizing space but this was an opportunity for me to play a lot more of the down tempo stuff Mm. like kind of the more like like just sheer like trippy lullaby beats (laughs) Mm, i love lullaby beats (laughs) i think that's probably why i like your music yeah (laughs) very like piano based uh like new jobbies is a really big influence sure. of mine Love him. so yeah i think that was probably the best gig i've had to date i heard or we're going to north coast on sunday and uh, i think fess yeah. is playing and i want to check that out like you should it's so nice because you get to sit you get to lay like it was really nice mm. to look out and see people just laying on their backs like taking a break taking a break <laughs> yeah tripping on god knows what you know <laughs> For sure, yeah and i think that's so important um but yeah fest was actually the one who <laughs> <laughs> having a safe space to yeah. trip in peace actually but fest sure. was the one who got me that gig last year i think he was offered it and he couldn't do it oh. so he hit me up He's actually gotten me a few gigs. <laughs> He's been really good at like pulling upwards. That's awesome. For people who don't know, Fess, is it Grandois? Like, is that how you say it? Is it like French or is it like Grand? I don't know. It's like D-O-I-S-E. <laughs> That's how I say it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> grandiose, but I don't want to butcher Grandiose it. sounds a little grandiose, but yeah. like, I, yeah. That's I, it in writing. So Yeah, it's true. But anyway, he's the guy who runs open beats mm-hmm. at dorian's which you've also played yeah um and open beats at cafe mustache oh yeah they do is it the same open beats or it's like a different yeah so he only switched to dorian's like in the last year or so okay um I like for dorian's. several years before then he was in cafe mustache so i played that one a few times over the years yeah dorian's is a little bit newer it's a cool vibe in there yeah i don't feel like they play the music loud enough though really yeah yeah you can't really tell on stage either well on stage the monitors are pretty bad too yeah i couldn't hear what i was doing i was like (laughs) then again i literally just played links off soundcloud from (laughs) care's computer i was like yeah dude like i don't have any equipment he's like it's cool i was like all right very low stakes (laughs) it was super low stakes like yeah um but cool guy got me into like some of these beat community scenes and like chicago has a crazy beat community yes and it's growing yeah i love it me too yeah so like how does it you know differ between there's a couple other um like gigs or not gigs but like shows let's talk about mouthfeel because i'm not really familiar what that is (laughs) and also i want to talk about 
beats on the beach like how do the sets differ between these you know for you mm -hmm. like when you play these events well i mean the first thing is i'm djing those i haven't really incorporated my own like my own music into those sets yet just because i'm nervous maybe i will one day but it's hard to it's hard to find a place for your own music when you're also then spinning like anybody else's music i, I find I it's hard feel to feel like, the exact same way it's hard to to know where your stuff belongs mm -hmm. um and that way yeah djing has been a little bit easier for me recently because it's less of like an identity crisis and more of just like i'm just sharing fun music that i know I've had the other end identity crisis really? where you're just like, none of this music is mine. What am I doing? I'm literally just spot walking Spotify. But I mean, okay, like, that's not exactly what's happening. I could see that perspective as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I just like any situation where you're curating the atmosphere of the room. Um, so Mouthfeel is our recent residency with Easy Does It in Logan Square. So it's me and a handful of other chicago djs um ben forever and synchronized swimming so those are the people who i play with we're every fourth friday and it's pretty much all like house and dance and disco music all night nice and i'm usually like the opening slot for that night so i my responsibility as i understand it is to kind of like bring people up from the oh we're sitting enjoying our cocktails and our wine to now we're on the dance floor and the disco ball is on um, so that has been just a really, really lucky gig that I landed on as a beginner DJ. Hmm. I think because I had already had a lot of experience with gigs in the beat scene, it was easy for me to then transition into like, now I'm a DJ and I bring my USB to gigs. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then Beats on the Beach is something a lot more DIY. So there's no, there's no, there's no formal paperwork there, but it's really just me and uh tango who you've had on the show and another dj friend of ours dj randpa we're all rogers park locals and we mm. noticed that there was definitely like a dead zone up there in terms of like live music so we wanted to just create like a kind of like a public community type of event so we literally just like put all of the gear that's sitting on my balcony into the wagon and we pull it out onto the beach <laughs> um into the grassy area actually but um yeah we feature djs and artists from underrepresented communities on on our sound system it's like every other week or so while the weather's still good and it really attracts the attention of just people who are like walking their dogs <laughs> like oh shit that's lit <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a really fun time to get together with friends and also get to know our neighbors a little bit more yeah for sure no it's cool i haven't gone but I've seen videos and I'm like, oh, that looks wholesome. It's and very wholesome. Fun. And now we have like our like lights when when it gets mm -hmm. dark out because the sun's setting a little bit earlier now than it was at the beginning of the summer. Mm -hmm. So the person who gets like the after dark set gets mm -hmm. all these like crazy lights on them. So it literally looks like a rave on the beach. That's dope. Is there any plans for when it gets like actually too cold? We're going to meet up and talk about that soon. Yeah, because... I feel like we'd have to change our name. It's like we are Beats on the Beach, but... In the snow. <laughs> I don't know. Beats inside. <laughs> yeah. For the winter time. Or you could be crazy and do it in the snow, but then no one would be there. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm not a fan of that idea. I, I'm not either. I'm just saying you could be crazy. It already <laughs> felt crazy the one day we, we did it, and it was like... 
Oh, there was like a storm, right? We've canceled when there's been storms, but mm-hmm. there was one day that we did it and it was just like really cold and windy, like mm-hmm. uncharacteristically. I think it was like 58 degrees and really windy and everyone was just like. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't dress properly. Yeah, yeah nobody dressed properly. <laughs> yeah. I got some questions from some friends to ask you. Um, let me pull up Kara's question. He said to ask about the big three. Oh, big three is our little trio between me, Tango, and Care. Oh, okay. Because we are very close in the music scene and just in our personal lives. Like, those are some of my very first, like, real friends in the beat scene. So, we've played a few shows together, and we actually, all three of us went to uh, Philly last year to play a show with some connections that, that Tango had out there. So that's the name of our group chat. <laughs> the big send, three. Yes, and we we send pretty horrible memes. <laughs> that's it's a safe space for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I have a quick question. What is something that you listen to regularly that people would be surprised about? Just by knowing you as an artist, what do you like to listen to that is gonna be a little surprising? Vivaldi, mm. dude. Vivaldi. <laughs> I don't know. This is the first. Now, like Slipknot or like you know Megadeth or something. Uh I'm like trying to remember anything that I listen to right now because there's just so it's, much. Yeah, it's like know? asking who's your favorite, you know, artist, and you're like, oh my god, um, well, I love this person, or yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I began any relationship with music through playing classical piano and i was playing a lot of concerts when i was growing up so i really loved like Debussy, like that kind Mm. of like impressionism era do you like settee yes yes i do okay i don't i don't i'm not as familiar He's got like two songs the rest (laughs) of them are like two two (laughs) dis well like i've listened to his other stuff it's like real dissonant. I'm like, mm, all right. But yeah, yeah Debussy um, is beautiful. I'm trying to think, man. I mean, I just love all of that old school, like anything 70s, anything that your favorite artist samples. I love all of that. Nice. Mm-hmm. I got a question from uh, Too Soft now. <laughs> oh, do I get to pay it forward and ask other people questions? Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> but uh, he said... It's kind of piggybacks off what you were saying, but why um, you picked the genre that you did. What would you say? Is it lo-fi? Or like, is that... I, If I'm talking to somebody who's not musical, then I will say lo-fi because I feel like it's the most accessible. I mean, my music ranges from like 70 BPM to 150 sometimes. So like I have a wide range and it's hard to just call it one thing, but I'm inspired by a lot of house and electronic and ambient and funk and soul mm-hmm. and anything groovy so gotcha. i pay a lot of attention to rhythms and melodies and chords and how those things interact with you know amongst themselves gotcha what i wanted to ask about was bad snacks you said that she was a mentor in yeah. some ways how did that relationship start i forget how i found her but when I stumbled across her music and her SoundCloud and also saw that she made like YouTube content and she was like so visible as a woman, 
Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that like really drew me in, and her music is just so singularly amazing. Like it is, it's unlike anything I've ever heard, and she seems to be incredible at everything she touches. Like everything she touches turns to gold. So I reached out to her probably back in 2018, 2019. And we did a couple of like Zoom lessons together for a few months, and she mm. actually ended up like subletting a room in her LA apartment to me. Oh wow! Um, when one of her roommates moved out, so there was a summer that I was in LA and I was playing like Beat Cinema and Beats Freaks and Geeks, and really like immersing myself in the scene that they have there. Um. So yeah, she's been she's been an enormous like role in my development and we we just saw each other recently she came and played a show in chicago and yeah that's when we we see each other Mm. a couple questions here i mean like how was la did you like it out there yeah not the earthquake part but (laughs) (laughs) that part sucked yeah Yeah. that part really sucked i just realized that i didn't have like any knowledge of what what to do in that situation was it happening and you were just like oh what the (laughs) yes no literally i sat through a 7.1 and a 7.8 on the richter scale that seems high i don't know it was pretty high like the first one was like a little bit of a rumble and the second one lasted for like five or ten seconds and i saw like the hangers in my room like Mm. like in the closet going back and forth so that was just it was a scary it was a scary moment i was like i don't need to i don't need to live here do i (laughs) (laughs) what are you supposed to do i think you're supposed to get under something sturdy okay So, like if i had a desk that was pretty sturdy then i would think i would crawl if, under there if, but i didn't know at the time this is something i found were, out like, afterwards falling it would be like yeah. all right this is okay or like i don't know if the foundation literally cracks underneath you problem with earthquakes <laughs> yeah is literally you're just like well everything is shaking so like i can't at a certain much. point you just have to surrender i guess mm. but the you just accept it as like a nice little massage you're like mm-hmm. massage <laughs> yeah yeah that's really optimistic that's a really positive way that's, i try to flip it. things yeah <laughs> But no, the the scene in LA, I mean, whoo, it's it's as good as they say. I mean, I felt like it was mm. everywhere. And maybe it was just because I was so lucky to like know people out there who could point me towards the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like a lot of collaborating out there. A pro and a con is like everyone wants to network, you know, like For not sure. anybody That's is the just there thing doing regular things. Like yeah. everybody has their their hustle and their passion and everybody's trying to like push it. Um, and that I could I could see how that gets like really exhausting after a while for sure because nobody's normal there like everyone is the best of their of their kind mm-hmm. you know so that kind of like comparison game I think could be like really motivating for some and like really detrimental for yeah, others yeah you're like dude I, I suck or so, <laughs> you know what I mean like you'd be like like some people would feed off and be like yeah yeah and that. I think for me it would really just depend on what mood I'm in you know for sure. I think I could totally go through phases there but like i remember finding myself on this like rooftop brain feeder party so like that sounds dope i was there with thundercat and flylo and teebs and also i'm not sure if you were aware of her teebs is sick teebs is sick so teebs was spinning that night and then i remember i made like quick eye contact with flylo it was just like a (laughs) wow and also Salami Rose Joe Lewis. I don't know if oh, you're aware of yeah. her, but like she was She's playing dope. live that day. 
Wow. And I just felt like so fortunate to be there. I felt like such an insider. And everybody just like knows everybody. Everybody is like two, no, like one or two connections away from your absolute idols. Mm. And it's so normal there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like coming in from the outside, it's like a weird thing to get used to. Yeah, you're like, what? Yeah. Do you feel like, I mean, I'm sure it was a huge advantage to be with bad snacks. Like, you know, like, right. Like that helped. I'm sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, like she was mostly doing her own thing. I was mostly doing my own thing. Um, She helped in that. She was like pointing me towards some good shows that were going on. Or she'd just like take me under her wing and take me out and introduce me to some people, which was really nice. Yeah. Do you guys have any uh, collabs? We don't. I. <laughs> we're kind of. We're definitely in different. Uh, we're in different parts of the hierarchy. I feel like she's just like a lot farther along than I am. Especially when I was in LA, like I was very much a beginner. Mm. Um, and so I never asked. Maybe I should have asked. But no, we don't. Maybe have one one day. <laughs> what do you think the most important thing she like mentored you about? was uh just to give less of a fuck overall probably like i think when i was talking to her a lot of the like stuff i was going through was like the visibility thing and also just like horrible comments and dms and just like harassment online from like getting all of that attention in a quick amount of time um she also taught me that i don't have to respond to everyone which is something that Mm -hmm. i'm very glad that i let go of quickly (laughs) Mm-hmm. And that, like, you're not missing out on the opportunity of a lifetime just because, like, a dusty guy with 40 followers wants to collaborate with you. <laughs> <laughs> dusty? He's just like, I'm ashy. And you're like, what? You got to work on that. Yeah. Like, you don't need to answer the collab bros. <laughs> For okay. sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, th- like, I don't want to focus on this. We talked about this because yeah, I yeah. feel like if you want to go check this out, like Ben Jordan, if you're not familiar with him, he makes great videos and he made a video basically about like, why aren't there that many female producers? And as our honorary first female producer on the show, <laughs> thank you, by the way. <laughs> um, I just kind of wanted to dig into this a little bit and I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just a complicated thing, but I don't know. I guess like one of my questions was like what are other female artists you look up to and that's you know, you talked about bad snacks, but are there any other people out there that you know, you'd like to shout out that have maybe you've talked to or just have been like, "Wow, I like the way that they carry themselves." Mm. Sarah the instrumentalist was pretty big um for me just like learning initially on youtube because like her brand is so like down pat and she's just like a content machine Mm. um yeji is really awesome i haven't actually met her but i did see her tour uh when i was in seattle earlier this year um trying to think of some others I'm like drawing a blank right now, but there are really so many others and I, I would want to like personally send you a list after yeah, this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, just for your own reference. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to have that list. Um, the other question I was thinking is like, for a female producer that's thinking about getting into music or starting to produce, what's like a piece of advice that you would give them? I mean, would it be that same advice like just don't give a fuck don't pay attention to the comments 
I mean, it, it, it'd be a little naive to be like, just don't pay attention because we're going to and we're human. And that's not like what we're built to do is just like ignore all of that. Um, there is a lot of like personal stuff to overcome when you start to become visible and especially when you start to enter like very male dominated spaces, especially spaces that are like social spaces, alcohol spaces and mm. the 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 script there is more of a like flirty script rather than a networky script. And well, I, so are you saying that like you're not saying to be flirty. No, I'm saying that when you are performing and networking in spaces that are mostly male, in bars where there's a lot of alcohol that's being distributed, and that's just like the nature of the music scene is like all those things go together. Mm -hmm. You entering that space and trying to have like good, either friendly or business-like connections with people, I'd say just like trust your gut off the bat because it's pretty clear when you talk to a man who has never really associated with women as equals <laughs> there's just like a tone of voice that changes and there's you, you kind of feel like a sense of um uh what's it called you feel like you're being fetishized a bit i've definitely had that experience happen to me so I would just say there's really no point in ever doing anything you're uncomfortable with. There is no opportunity that you're missing out on because you don't feel comfortable collaborating with somebody who's like giving you, giving you an icky feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and also just like, Think there's about like it, a it, lot of things, you know, it's yeah. so complicated. Literally, if this can like touch one other girl that's like, I just, I don't, you know, they're not sure. Like if this can help like one person, I feel like it's valuable. Yeah. I think energetically something that I had to work on was just like my confidence level in walking into these spaces because like unfortunately the standard is different where it's like I feel like there's less room for mediocrity for women like if you're coming in as a woman you're maybe the only woman on the bill or you're literally like the only woman in the room there's not as much room for mediocrity and mistakes and it makes you feel like you have to know everything and be the best in what you're doing even though you like anybody else have started out as a beginner and need to ask questions in order to improve and you don't want to confirm a stereotype that exists and so it makes it difficult then to like yeah Feels learn like a what real you need tightrope but i would just say like still don't be afraid to ask questions because you need to you need to be able to ask questions in order to get what you what you need from this learning experience as you go into it and whoever's going to have a problem with that like you just make a note of people that you don't feel comfortable around and you don't be around those people like i've the more that i have come to terms with like my confidence in these spaces and just like the imposter syndrome that exists um like I literally, before my gigs, more so when I was first starting, um, but still now, like I'll literally like, before I enter a room, breathe very deeply, I'll like sit up straight and I will like just take up a lot of physical space. Dude, that's so weird. We were literally just talking about yeah. this. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we were like the, ex like Mace uttered the words, be like a beast, like be like as big as you can. Yeah, and I, I, I do believe that like, for some reason, women are just like trained to not take up that much space and like let other people talk first and like not be be too like aggressive towards people. Um, 
And unfortunately, I think one of my like coping me- mechanisms now is like just bringing out a broy side of me when I go into <laughs> these start spaces. Start saying dude more. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like that's kind of how I am to begin with. That's kind of more my personality. But um, you know, I try to keep things professional when I go into spaces. Like I remember, God, a couple weeks ago, I had a gig, and the owner of the place like kissed me on the forehead afterwards, and I just like that felt so incredibly unprofessional to me i was Seriously. just like i'm literally just here to do a job what and That's like get so paid weird. and he just like was really drunk in his own venue and i went in for like a fist bump as i usually do for like people i don't know very well um i honestly try to like continue to dap people up but i feel like it's more of like a social code that like we hug women and we yeah. dap our boys up yeah for and sure. even that like distinction i've always felt a little bit like icky about i'm like i don't know i identify as a woman but when i go into spaces that are music related especially if i'm like there to play a gig i don't like being reminded of my gender <laughs> sure. you know it's it's more like it feels more validating to just be a person <laughs> for sure in those spaces so I don't know if I could wrap that up into like an easy piece of advice, but it's definitely something that your tolerance, like you, you start to like gain more tolerance for over time, but it's really not worth putting yourself into any unnecessary situations just because you feel like there's an opportunity at the end of it. Like your mm-hmm. peace matters more than anything else and you deserve to have high standards for the people that you interact with. It feels like there's also like a tuning of your radar. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't really drink that much mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore. Yeah, you're going to be on game. Mm-hmm. I feel like probably if you're going to be in a social situation with people who are, you know, in your industry or like people that you could make connections with, probably not drinking is maybe the move. Oh, yeah? In, in general. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Me. Literally, I'm like you guys want some tea and i just like crack a modello i'm like all right i'm a degenerate here (laughs) one beer i'm good i'm chilling (laughs) i also in just thinking uh like if that guy if you just like saw him like kiss everyone on the forehead after that and you're just like wait okay that guy is just weird (laughs) well it wasn't like that clearly weird to every single woman who was there and it was Uh, like a known thing now (laughs) having uh, had that experience and talking to more people about it like it's it's on everybody's radar but that was yeah. just one of the ickiest things that's happened recently yeah that's Jeez. weird if someone did that to me i'd be like brother <laughs> exactly it's like if if i switched it around and a girl kissed me on the forehead i think i would be pretty i would really think about it and be like that was so strange right that it like so there's really no reason the forehead is a weird place to kiss it felt so (laughs) intimate and violating truly that is very weird i'm sorry that you uh, had to deal with that mace were you gonna ask a question i sensed a breath (laughs) you you heard just my little yeah yeah um well i was just gonna say it is very interesting to me that dance music feels like it's more dominated by men when music as a whole doesn't feel like it's as like that if that makes sense like pop stars and stuff like that no not even pop stars like any like any genre i could really think of maybe aside from like hip-hop and dance music would be the two that i'd say just like i don't know why it is that it just isn't as common to have i feel like rap 
yeah and hip-hop makes sense because it's this like machismo yeah thing which is also kind of dumb like talking about like killing mm. people and being like cool and what that's just like a peacocking (laughs) right like it's like yeah it's like a peacocking thing like i'm cool let me tell you how cool i am because of these things so i just want to say like that kind of makes sense but i know you were asking motion (laughs) yeah i was just uh, like um i i i don't really know if there's a question in this but like do you have an idea on why it's just so overly like represented with men in dance music in dance music, I, I don't know. I mean, I've spent the most time physically in like more hip hop electronic spaces. I'm not sure if that means dance necessarily. Um, it's it's a big encompassing. <sighs> yeah. I mean, right? I feel like, like just the worst symptom of that problem is like men who view women who come into that space as like options. Like romantically? or sexually it's like oh there's a woman in this space so let me try and you know yeah like and that's that's kind of like the first that's like the first impulse (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you can feel that really quickly Mm. where it's like they're just a little bit too interested or like there's a little bit more like disbelief that i do what i do and it's so it's such a (laughs) turnoff but you can sense the genuine like admiration from the like just very thirstiness of some people i'm sure yeah yeah like i said it begins to get a little bit fetishy where it's like oh you like you're like my you've got to be like my dream girl who makes beats or something Mm. and it's just really gross that's so weird to me because it's just like i would not want to date someone who also makes music i'd be like Let's do separate things that complement <laughs> each other, maybe. I don't want to be, like, in competition. I mean, of course, if they're really cool and made great music, they, whatever. No, plenty, it can, it can work out. DJs and producers are married to each other, um, sure. at least in techno. But <laughs> but uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know how well that I'm just saying, me over. personally, I'd be like, you know, we don't have to only focus on music over here. But mm. just, yeah, it, yeah. I, I feel it more as, like, a sexual advance Mm-hmm. honestly um that hasn't been an issue recently but like except for the fucking kiss on the forehead but right um i think <clears throat> i don't have the answers no, of course <laughs> I, I could imagine though like especially in the beginning that you'd be like oh well you know like maybe i do do this thing or whatever like again we're not gonna try to harp on this for too long because literally like watch ben jordan's video it talks about almost all of this stuff yeah um but yeah one thing i really actually thought was interesting about that was how like um when some of the producers featuring that were asking about questions about like um like engineering more Mm -hmm. that guys were kind of just like mansplaining or just like telling them that it's too difficult or something and it's like i went to columbia and there were some fucking kick-ass chicks that were like way better than me like and i never i think having that experience like was definitely good but that was i was like what that is so weird also i just hate people that mansplain even like people that do like dudes that do it to me i'm just like dude i'm not an idiot (laughs) like (laughs) i get it you're like telling me basic stuff here yeah i guess men will also do it to other men i think it's just yeah you know i don't think women are the only people who are like on the receiving end of this kind of bullshit you know um 
it is funny though because like the 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 career path of like coding and engineering was at its beginning a very female dominated space and it was seen as a little bit more like menial labor and priced as such um but as more men started to become interested in the field then it becomes more of like a legitimized field that gets paid more Mm -hmm. so i just find that interesting it's like oh these are like the hard sciences Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's so hard (laughs) yeah i mean just don't i don't know man it's weird anyway it's science with monster trucks basically (laughs) we love monster trucks (laughs) um all right let's move on to some more music let's actually go to some of the the whips slash unreleased tracks um is there anyone in particular that you'd like to play and is there anything you want to say about it beforehand Ooh, what are the three i sent you again we got exfoliate it's not over and treat let's play exfoliate nice is this just about a proper skincare regimen yeah how important that is (laughs) i'm not sure if you would be able to visualize it as easily as some of the other ones but yeah, and just like in the bathroom. I'm very visual when it comes to music. That's why I think your naming is like good because it it gets you in a setting. This <laughs> like it, it's like it's like telling you what to do. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, yeah. I do see that for some of them. Maybe not so much for this one, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And if you want to hear the music in this episode and what we have to say about it, join the Podducer Discord through the link below. Um, let me go into my questions really quick just to make sure we're not missing anything. Mace, how long have we been going? We're about, how do I do math? Oh, coming up on an hour 30. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're at, we're at a good place. Um, one of my questions was just like, kind of, I guess, talking about what we were saying before is like, what do you want your listeners to get out of like the music? Like what? I don't know, like, if it's, like, a setting, like, are you trying to bring them, like, to a peaceful place? Mm. Like, I mean, maybe it's song to song. But in in a general sense, like, the ethos of, like, why do I create? Why do I want people to listen to this? I want my listeners to get butterflies and epiphanies. Mm. Like, thinking music. Or maybe not thinking. More feeling. It's more of a feeling. Like, I want... I want I want to give them tingles. Like mm. I want the hair to stand up, you know. Yeah. The goosebumps. Yes. That's yeah. Hard. Okay, cool, cool. It's a good way to look at it. I like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Just looking forward, any exciting projects on the horizon um could be gigs that you're trying to play, could be music that you're trying to release anything in the pipeline yeah i mean i'm gonna constantly promote mouthfeel and uh beats on the beach because those are like the two consistent gigs that i've been a part of for the past few months and they're gonna they're gonna stick around for a while so i definitely want to like grow our uh, attendance for those events in terms of like music that i make you know you've caught me at an interesting point like i've been kind of taking an extended break for a few reasons this year um So, like, my goal for myself is just to kind of find more love in it again. I feel like I've kind of, like, strayed away from the, like, the magnetism that I would get from it. And it's, like, every time that I've sat down to make something, there's just been all of this, like, resistance and, like, 
just not feeling very good about it. So I think it's important that I like release a little bit of my like the expectations I have for like something I sit down I'm going to make it and then it's going to lead to this this and this Mm. and I feel like I make the scope really too big in my head when I sit down um so I've yeah I've been taking a little little break and I don't feel guilty about about it it's been like really nice and refreshing so I think I'm just about ready to like dip my toes back in and I want to have a couple of singles on the horizon for later this year um but I don't have anything solid to promote there just dj gigs i'm really in my dj era right now <laughs> for sure couple things i mean i definitely understand that we're like i made something the other day and i was thinking about like what is this going to be like what how am i going to use this how like does it fit into everything else yeah like i'm i'm i need to like make something out of this uh-huh. versus maybe just like having a session and being like yeah i didn't get anything like what if it was just fun yeah what if it was just some stupid shit that was fun (laughs) but that's the problem is when you're framing it like i need to get something out of this you're just like "Eh," wasted like three hours just like fucking around and didn't didn't come out with a bounceable thing Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i definitely understand what you're saying what's like the game plan in terms of promotion because like you were saying like the algorithm's different Mm -hmm. like what's what do you think would be a better same thing <laughs> fuck if i know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah same. i mean i think that's the question all of us have um from where i sit right now i i just i feel a bit jaded about that whole like promotion process just because of how like exhausting social media feels in this moment mm-hmm. um i do think it's important to tell people that you have things coming out more than once i think a lot of us are guilty of like dropping something we mention we mention it once maybe twice and then we feel like we're bothering people if we mention it more than that so um i know that for myself i'm gonna have to like work on continuously reminding people that something is there probably revealing different parts about like the backstory of that that piece or why it's important um I will probably want to go back to like making actual performance videos because those do really well. They're a pain in the ass to make, but they do feature your strengths. Um, you don't have to be an instrumentalist to make like good videos. Mm-hmm. Um, you can show the process even after you've made it or something. Yeah, yeah. Just like do your best to make something like visually appealing. And it sucks that we have to play the game of like vying for people's attention and literally these platforms are designed to like shorten our attention spans and rot our brains <laughs> um mm-hmm. it's it's honestly hard for me to like come up with a game plan like that because right now where i'm sitting like what i want is to like make something that i like like i want to make more music for me and less for other people in this stage of my like career um so i may not even be the best person to ask this question right now but you know, maybe this time next year I'll have a much better one. <laughs> maybe the social media game will be different too. Yeah, that's maybe true. Maybe we'll have like shorter shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I it's know. like literally two seconds. That's all you get. <laughs> that would be almost. Horrible. It's like the reason that like TikToks that are shorter than ten seconds get the most, mm-hmm. the most engagement. It's bad. It's so horrible for us. <laughs> Something we're actually uh, going to be doing is like uh we're calling it under the hood and it's gonna be like you know we like call you on whatever 
service and take a deeper look into a project so like maybe i feel like it's good to you know if you're gonna promote something to have different angles to look at it like if you keep just posting the song and it's like just the same visual and the same thing you're like okay yeah i saw that Mm -hmm. um but if you can come back and be like oh okay like here's another way to look at it here's a deeper look at it um if you ever wanted to do something like that we're gonna start doing that Mm. so yeah i want to see those chains yeah we want to see those those chains that's so (laughs) funny i mean i'll have shows and like people will come up to me honestly it was too soft (laughs) recently like we played a reset show and he came up to me and he's like did you do xyz on this like chain of the bass and i'm like no (laughs) you'd be so (laughs) it's like no you saturated it with like 12 drive right like come on i I disappointed actually if you looked into my sessions like i feel like my strength is you know finding good chords melodies and like the percussion like the rhythmic aspects of it but like when it comes to my mixing i've found overall that less is better always Mm because i will work myself up into like god like such a frenzy of version 12 15 Mm -hmm. 18 Mm -hmm. and it's like when i actually just take away all of that stuff suddenly it sounds better the first one the first one sounds better right so less is more is my my mixing philosophy and i think if you looked under the hood you'd be like oh that's not that much (laughs) and maybe yeah I don't know. We're we're toying with the idea still. We got to do it. Um, but I mean, definitely, like if your frequencies and everything, like the w- chords you're playing, are not like covering up other frequencies and stuff. Like the, as long as you, you don't have to stage, do as much mixing. As long as your volume, like yeah, as long as you gain stage, then you can EQ and then maybe compress stuff. Yeah, that's why we don't get too technical on the podcast because it's just like. Mm, like there's so many youtube videos for that yeah it's go. true i also yeah i i don't have too much like <laughs> keys sauce like whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah like here's what you gotta do you gotta yeah i would love to dive more into that for sure but i think my intention span when i work is like i just want to make something like beautiful and that comes more from like the melodic elements than some very specific parameter on one knob (laughs) Mm -hmm. of this plugin you know yeah and certain genres definitely lend themselves more to like Mm -hmm. getting really technical like whatever that's why like the real edm heads like i'm always so like intimidated by like they're the ones who have the monster chains they're the ones that they got the multi multi uh compression what multi-band it? multi-band compression down to a t and you see they their know. macros are like automating by themselves <laughs> yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, and i'm yeah. like whoa <laughs> that's dope <laughs> yeah 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 for sure but that's like i feel like that's this is my hot take something that at least i do not really having an instrument background and not really have any kind of classical training I try and compensate with me, yeah, your me effects, too. right? I wouldn't call that compensation, though. That's just a different instrument. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's just a different approach of doing things, and you're going to really highlight your, I will say, like movement throughout the track, your motion, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually a good thing you brought that up before we finished. Why motion? Life is motion. We're constantly in motion. The world is moving as we speak. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be stagnant in my life. I think it's always important to be improving something. Not not to the extent where we're putting ourselves into like a grind set because I'm really not a proponent of that. But 
I do think it's important to have self-awareness and have some progression through our own lives. Do you feel like there's any fear of stillness? Because that's like always something mm. that like with meditation, it's like stillness. You know, we could go back and forth on that too, because then on the other hand, I also think it's important to like be content and to feel like you have everything you need. And I feel like, I don't know why, especially like in the producing space, there is such this like hustle mindset where you have to work on this shit like X number of hours per week and you have to crank out X number of beats in a day. And it's just like, I don't know. We're all so like focused on a goal, but I think I wanna be more like process-based and like just trust that the processes I have and like the time that I put in will get me to where I need to be, not necessarily where I think I want to be. For sure, that's almost like both at once. Like you're in motion, but you're in the moment of it. Yeah, maybe that should Something. be my side project. <laughs> <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> Is it any reason that it's spelled I just wanted to be different. <laughs> just wanted to be different. Okay, yeah, I was just curious. <laughs> cool. Well, I always do a wrap-up question, and that is, what was the most impactful concert you've ever been to? Like, something you saw been that to? you were just like, damn. Oh, uh, so many. <laughs> so many, yeah. So fortunate to live in Chicago, especially. <clears throat> just like, there's so much good music out there. Mm -hmm. I gotta say it was the Mind Design show last year. Oh, was that was, April. I think, Tango's, too. Yeah, was... we were there together. Oh. Yeah, we were there together. Um, understandably, though, it really changed my life. Like, I mean, Mind Design has probably been, like, my number one influence from the start. Um, just having, like, the keys chops and the sampling chops and for everything to be so flowy and cohesive, but also groovy. And he does incorporate the instrumentalism very well with the electronic. And it was really just some of the most beautiful shit I've ever heard mm. <laughs> in a live setting. Like, yeah, I would relive that one if I could. For sure. What's uh, like some top artists right now that you're just like really fucking with? Can I pull up my own Spotify yeah. to remind myself? 100%. once again it's just sheer volume you know oh yeah no i mean <laughs> i've been listening to yeah let me like look at mine because i ask these questions but i never turn it on to yo myself. jungle man everyone oh, yeah. is so Jungle's obsessed cool. with jungle now um i i admit i had been i had been sleeping on them for a minute like i did that just pick up like cause because just... have you seen the music video no mm -mm. it's very much trending on tiktok right now but like oh. volcano their most recent album Mm. Um, it's the back on 74 track, like the the corresponding choreography for that. They always have great dancing. Yeah, because yeah. they use like the same dance company apparently. So definitely having a jungle moment. I think a lot of people are. So that's. Um, I'm having a Bonobo moment. Ooh, oh, Bonobo was nice. also an amazing show that I went to last year. Um, and it was just a, it was a ticket that somebody had and gave it to me for free. Nice. So I was just like there at the like very front and I felt like I was at a festival. Like I really hadn't known like what he did. And that's somebody who just has the Dude. entire range. It's like Crazy. orchestral and yeah. electronic and rave. And then like the luscious, like melodic sound. It's really everything. He's playing a show with Thievery Corporation at Radius. And I was like, that would be a cool show. The only time I saw him play, which is kind of an uncharacteristic set, was a DJ set at the mid. 
What? Yeah. You're but it, shitting mm. me. But it was so like something you wouldn't hear at the mid that it was probably one of my favorite shows I've nice. ever seen there. The mid's like notorious for like <laughs> after the main act goes on, it's just like rhythm. You're just like, yeah. oh fuck. Or just like hard trap. You're just like, okay. I missed him recently. I know he had a show with Toki Monster. Oh, Toki Monster. Toki Monster, that's another really yeah, dope yeah, yeah. producer. Absolutely. Um, gum mp3 that's someone i just familiar. discovered <laughs> recently what i've been genre? doing a lot of i don't even know i don't know how to describe it <laughs> go check <them> out. <laughs> you'll have to I'll find out for yourself out. yeah um but yeah i've just been gathering a lot of music for like my dj sets definitely so i've been i've definitely been having like a good old housey time mm-hmm. a lot of disclosure love um, i just found uh, that song where it's like the one they did with zed like you gotta let go if you wanna be free i don't know i like didn't know that one i don't think i know that one either it's good their new album is cool too it's like Mm -hmm. almost a little bit more like ukg which Mm -hmm. they have done um it's a little faster harvey sutherland Mm. it's been been a recent one okay okay we don't normally ask this question we should do this more yeah for sure (laughs) we all learn as we go um cool well that's we yeah we did it we did the thing we did it (laughs) um any shout outs before we let you go shout outs shout out big three (laughs) i didn't know i was gonna be talking about big three today uh shout out fess fess is a real one definitely like very very prominent figure in the beat space has done a lot of work for me personally to like get me some good gigs that have led to some other gigs um shout out bad snacks shout out mom (laughs) (laughs) gotta do it all right well with that um we gotta find a way to end this shit (laughs) yeah with that thank you for listening and uh i hope you guys are having a good morning or night whatever time of day it is Uh, We'll see you. Very cute. See you another time. (laughs) Peace. Peace.